listening to Marriage Survival Boot Camp. We are not professionals, nor are we counselors. This is really for entertainment purposes only. You may hear graphic details about our lives. Sorry, Sorry, Dad. Dad. I will show you things. Wonderful, terrible things. We have such sights to show you. A wife can cook and slave and clean for you all day long. You would never think of saying something pleasant to her. You wouldn't even think of doing a simple little gentlemanly thing like tipping your hat. You might as well get this into your head. It's for men only. So it's final, it's settled, and it's over and done with. In order for real change to happen in any relationship, whether it's a marriage, a friendship, family relationships, there needs to be open dialogue. Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to another episode. This is episode number eight of Marriage Survival Boot Camp. I am your host, April. And I'm Damon. And uh, we're um, basically here to, um, I I guess, school you in marriage. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You've been schooled. You've been schooled in marriage. Um, No, actually, so let's start with the, you know, with the housekeeping stuff, social media. You can find us at www.yougunnameow.com. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Tumblr. Uh, slash you gonna meow y o u g o n n a m e o w right and uh, then uh, you know we have our uh, our home website www.yougonnameow.com where we have uh, marriage survival boot camp the show you're listening to and then we have a few other shows uh, we have uh, v- VHS Vengeance which is uh, performed by uh, Nick Puente and Dave Lowry they uh, take B movies from uh, old VHS tapes and uh, watch the movies and then do their own take on what they think the you know how they thought the movie went um, it's a lot of uh, comedic bit- bits about the movies the actors that sort of thing and they have a lot of historical trivia knowledge about the actors in these movies so it was actually really informative and funny to listen to i freaking love these guys they're yeah so funny they're absolutely great yeah uh then we had the boo with emily faye coleman uh emily talks about uh ghost stories you know like legends of places that are haunted uh people's paranormal experience and she usually invites a comedian on to help discuss that with her and talk about uh, you know, the funny things about being scared of, you know, haunted bridges or mansions or whatever it is, wherever it is that people find ghosts these yeah. days. Yeah, and Emily is super funny, too. Absolutely. I was on the Boo Ha Ha on one episode, so it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah definitely check those out. Quality so, shows to yeah, listen to. So, definitely. you know, it, it, you you can find more entertainment if you if you want to listen to these shows and you get tired of this or you say, well, you know, I've listened to all the Marriage Survival Boot Camp. What's next? Yeah. Find out our other shows and then you go to meow.com. Right. And um, our flagship show, uh, Bless Your Heart, I was doing there for a while, but I'm actually starting to focus on comedy quite a bit and i kind of like to focus on this podcast yeah so um christopher boatwright who was kind of like the official unofficial uh co-host on bless your heart i'm trying to talk him into taking over um 
trying to uh, trying to take him trying to either get him to take over bless your heart or create a different show that he hosts yeah so um logris zed l-o-g-r-u-s-z-e-d um all on twitter you should go bug him yeah and tell him you want him to start his show that's right you want to hear out. bless your heart and bug him and make him do it make him do it yeah and yeah. he has some interesting concepts on how to go forth yeah. with it and he is a southerner so he can take he was born in the south so he can technically do bless a show called bless your heart absolutely so uh yeah stay tuned for uh future news on bless your heart and what may happen to it it will exactly. it will transform into a new show yeah hopefully so anyway yeah. all right so what are we here to talk about today uh, it was uh, a weird concept we basically kind of stumbled into yesterday yeah it was a concept of uh, how our relationship works by the fact that we are high school sweethearts and thus we never had to experience the um the uh, train wreck that is the adult dating scene. I right. Mean, we we sometimes lament that we never got to try, you know, Tinder or, or any of those other apps, you know. And it is kind of a lament. It is yeah. kind of like, well, you know, you kind of feel like you're missing out on like a really important social thing. Yeah. But Good. at the same time, it sounds so fucking horrific. I am so glad I am nowhere near it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine, kind, you know, uh, trying yeah. to wade through all of these people's profiles and, you know, trying to message people and getting, you know, just all sorts of weird signals from them and going, how can I even meet this person, much less think about dating them for any period of time? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a weird process. And so we were talking about the fact that a lot of the times people talk about how Damon and I are complete opposites. And in some ways we are. Yeah, for sure. Um, even as I'm not going to say, I know a lot of people look at us as like, Damon is the super smart one and I'm kind of dumb. I know people, I know people look at us that way sometimes. And sometimes even I kind of think of us that way, which is unfortunate, I guess. But, um, it's not really like that. It's, it's, it's a little different. I mean, yeah, in high school, we joked. Damon was the valedictorian. I was the girl with the blue mohawk that smoked with some of the teachers behind the school. Right. I mean, that doesn't mean you were stupid. You just made poor life choices. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> which you could which you could say is stupid or unwise. Yes. I don't know. I think it's more unwise than stupid. There you go. But it's, it's one of those cases. But yeah, we are opposite... In a lot of ways. We're opposite in our upbringings. You had a very stable upbringing. I did right. not. Right. Um, so that life choices based off of that situation alone is two completely, you know, two complete different worlds. Yeah, so for sure. It's amazing that we ended up talking to each other in the first place. Right. Because we had talked about in episode one or two, maybe even the pilot, yeah. that you almost went to private school. Yes. And it was pretty much your choice. Yeah, well, I, I certainly was okay with going to the public school. I didn't right. put up a fight or anything, so I, you know, right. I, I didn't have a problem with it. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, this would have obviously turned out completely differently if I had gone to a different school. So, right. yeah, that, there's that. There's also, you know, the idea that um, when we first started talking and hanging out, there was something that clicked. Even we didn't realize what it was at first. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, at the time we didn't. But I mean, the fact that you know, I as just a friend went with you while you were trying on bathing suits. Now, you could argue, oh, that's just a horny teenager, but there was still something there about me willing to go with you shopping. I mean, that's 
That's yeah. not something most guys who yeah. weren't dating you would have done. Even right. some guys who were dating you wouldn't have done that. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Which I don't think we've told this story, which we we yeah. joke about this a lot in our relationship, too, that Jamie and I shop well. Yeah. Every time we go out and go shopping for clothes, especially for me, the girls in, and it's usually women, yeah. and I'm not trying to be an asshole or being misogynistic by saying the girls, but the girls that usually run or running these stores are always like, oh, I wish my boyfriend or my husband would shop with me like that. And he's yeah. so helpful because Damon doesn't sit and like look at his phone the whole time. He's like, he's running to get different sizes and he's coming back and he's like, what do you think of this outfit? You know, yeah. and he's, you're proactive. Yes. A lot of guys are not proactive about shopping. That's true. Um, so when we were first in high school, one of the very first things you did was, is, yeah, you went bathing suit shopping. I don't remember why. why? Yeah. How did it lead up to that? But no, for some reason, the, well, our high school was directly across the street from the mall. Right. So that's helped. So, so probably what happened, if I were to guess, mom had given me money to go bathing suit shopping for the summer. It was right. probably spring. Yeah. Going into so summer. We're in school still. So we're in school still. And mom's like, after school go pick out a you know go over to the mall because that was the 80s that's what every teenager did we all hung out at the mall all the time so i went to the mall and um i told them i was like probably hey i'm going to the mall after school and i'm going bathing suit shopping you want to go with me and you were like yeah totally and you walked across the mall to across the street with me to the mall and we spent the afternoon bathing suit shopping and yeah and that's one of my fondest memories of you is that afternoon of us hanging out bathing suit shopping yeah now we were just friends at that time that's right we were nowhere near dating at that point that because that was in ninth grade yeah i remember that bathing suit too it was black and teal Uh and it was black bottoms with a teal band on the bottom part and the bathing suit top bra was black and teal striped with a tie around the neck and uh-huh. a tie around the back. And yeah. I actually have a picture of me in that bathing suit. Yeah, right. And you uh, you wore it to my birthday party where I had a pool, <laughs> birthday pool party. And my boob fell out of it. Yeah. Yeah, great. and that's the first time you got to see one of my boobs. Yep, just the one. Yeah, and I was so mad because I got dunked underwater. Uh-huh. That's the, that I was came your concern. up sputtering. I came up sputtering because I was worried about having water in my ears. I did not care that my titty was hanging out. No. So, yeah. anyway. That was- <laughs> Good times. Yeah, excellent. So, yeah. So, how does that translate into the relationship we have today? (laughs) Yeah, how does that translate? Well, it's it's an interesting thought because we didn't. Okay, so we've already established that I was your one and only girlfriend out of high school, correct? All through college, yeah. And then you married me. That's right. So, unless you've had affairs that I don't know about, you've never been with another woman, correct? I have dated other boys, and I have been with some guys, Um, and I do have some weird experiences. They were all very, very young, um, and I was completely and totally taken advantage of by the older gentleman that I had been with. So, okay, so that's kind of putting one thing out there to the world. Hey, guess what? April was molested. Okay, so now that we're all past that... Um, my first real, like, fun, sexual, like, it, like delving into it and, it and experiencing it for myself yeah, and doing it for me yeah, was with you. Right. So and that's s- the 
important one or the good one, let's say. The, yeah. So that's so it. So my first real good sexual experiences started with you. Right. So that's one part of it. Yeah. Um. So I kind of view it like because we didn't have to go through the dating, we didn't have to go through all this weird social awkwardness because. I've always been so bold. I've always taken that tactic of like being really super bold up front if I'm nervous or or anxious about something. Like I look like I'm taking control because then that stops anybody from, usually stops anybody from um, challenging me. Right. And then, uh, so that's kind of how I handled situations up to that point. Mm -hmm. So then I became vulnerable with you. But at that point, we weren't having to go through all that weird social anxiety shit where you're out in public with someone you don't know and be like who's your favorite band what kind of music do you listen to yeah you know what we books knew each other's friends so. yeah we've known each other's friends we've we've learned all these things about each other kind of organically instead of in a question and answer session type of situation yeah um i think that might have something to do with it um I, I, I don't know where to go with all of this. It's, it's yeah. just that things happened kind of in a more organic sense, I think. And right. because we weren't influenced, being in a small town. Yeah. A small town in a small city, dating wasn't dating like it is. Like you hear people talk about like meeting for coffee yeah. and going out and, yeah. you know, and hooking up because we were still in high school and then hooking up wasn't really part of it. Yeah. I mean, there was sexual tension, but there really wasn't sex. Yeah. Yeah. Not until much later. <laughs> Dates in a small town like that were like going to the high school football game or, or you know, going going to the movies, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, we'd make out in cars and stuff, but. Yeah, like you do. Yeah, like you do, but you and I have never experienced adult dating. Yeah. In the sense that. Uh, we don't have to worry about somebody caring if we're fucking or not. That's yeah. what it boils down to. Yeah. Nobody cares that we're fucking anymore. Right. That's this is essentially what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the uh. The, and we can make our own decisions. Yeah. So the counter argument that I've heard about uh, marrying your high school sweetheart is that over time your personalities change as you grow and you figure out who you are and what you want to be and what you want to do that your personality changes and gravitates towards that and that so if you marry your high school sweetheart the person that you married is not the person that you know 10 years from now and then that in that 10 years they may become a person you don't like anymore you don't want to be with anymore so what did we do to overcome that in other words did we you know, have we, I guess my, you know, my initial answer to that is that I think we have grown with each other. Like as we've developed, as we've, our personalities have changed, we've come to love both the old person that we knew in high school and the new person that we've transformed into. Yeah. Like you like to, you like to sum it up pretty quickly by saying, you know, I grounded you, uh, you pulled the stick out of my ass yeah. so that now, you know, I'm, I only have a twig in there now and you're, you're at I'll least win. most of your feet are touching the ground, yeah. you know, and maybe, maybe the balls of your feet aren't quite touching. You're on your tippy toes, but you're still touching the ground. Exactly. And that's important. And that's important. So yeah. is this, do you, would you agree? Is it something like that? Uh, yeah, I would. I think it, I think that's probably it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> we are kind of opposite each other in some things, yeah. but it's, 
I mean, even politically, we've grown very similarly. Yeah. I mean, when we first started dating, I remember us having discussions about politics and me not really knowing a lot. And I really don't think you knew a whole lot. You knew more than I did, but not as, but probably not much more. And you identified as Republican because your parents were Republican. And I was identifying as Democratic because my parents were Democratic. And that's really all we knew. And then we actually had a clash about it and almost had a fight. And then we were both like, okay, what do you really know about this? And you were like, I don't, well, not a whole lot. And so, and then that's how we both turned into um, Libertarians. Libertarians. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. We realized neither none of our parents are right. Yeah, we did. We actually didn't agree with either set of parents, and that we kind of figured out that there was actually a different group that we identified more with together, and so that's how that went. Yeah, religion was a different. You know, I mean, I guess if you want to touch on all the major topics of like a relationship, yeah, the the touch points that that people feel passionate about, and where there could be disagreement, you know, including enough of a disagreement that you might divorce someone over it. Right. So sex is definitely one of them. So. Going back to that, like I said, I had some experiences before you, but like I said, it was on a kind of an advantage, disadvantage on my part. Right. And you and I got together. Now, I came with some experience, and, but we've kind of developed our sexuality together, and we're kind of vanilla. And we've always been very... I say vanilla because I think, I think we are, compared to porn that we've seen. Yeah. And, I mean, it's no secret that I used to manage a porn store. I've seen my fair share of crazy shit. And as soon as I see crazy shit, I bring it home and go, Damon, you've got to see this crazy shit. Right. And we watch it. And we watch it. So, it's, you know, we've always been very open about, like, I like that. I don't like that. Touch it there. Do that. Harder, faster, smoother, whatever. Yeah. Um, We've always been very open about those sorts of things. So, our sexuality... Why you would think that somebody like me who had molestation issues before meeting you yeah. would be so open about and easygoing about sex, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I should have more hang-ups about sex than I do, but yeah. I just don't. Well, I guess everybody's different, right? Yeah. It depends on how you how you deal with it, you know. Do you yeah. blame yourself? And if you blame yourself, you might have more. But if mm. you if you correctly blame the person who, you know, right. molested you or attacked you, then you're not at fault and you're free to, you know, explore your own desires and not have to worry about what happened before. Right. And I've always been that way. So I've always been very open about like, I like this. I don't like that. And like, um, we've, we've joked too, that I have the libido of a man. Right. Uh, I do not need a lot of lead up time. Mm -hmm. I don't need a lot of assistance getting ready to go. Yeah. And, um, and I don't really, it doesn't take a whole lot of time to get to the end result either. Right. So, we um so that makes things easier for him. I've joked that if I ever died and he started to date again, he'd have to relearn women completely because I am not an atypical woman <laughs> by far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. I I would I would really be in a mess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I yeah. So that that that's one thing. So me having kind of an atypical look at sex as a female. And then coming into it that way, and then you not having any experience at all, it kind of makes sense that we would, I mean, I've never discouraged anything, anything we've ever talked about. And I guess that's the key. As long as you don't discourage uh, discussion and exploration, then 
should be good. It should be good. And yeah. neither of us has ever requested anything outside the other person's comfort zone that I know of. Yeah. Everything we've ever done has always seemed to be pretty mutual. mutual. So, yeah. and I wouldn't say it's vanilla, vanilla. I mean, maybe there's some caramel in there, but <laughs> we're not we're we're not wild and crazy kids, you know. It's and not I've, exotic. I've, yeah. yeah, it's not exotic. I mean, I've even joked on stage, like, dude, I am well past that. Um, the whole like ass eating and yeah. stuff like that's a young man's game. I just <laughs> want no part of that. Aww. I don't want it done to me, and I don't want to do it. There so. You go. And I mean, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, that's So anyway, a, yeah. so sex is one of the major aspects of it. Yeah. Then... Uh, religion. Religion, yeah. Religion was another mention. So religion, interestingly enough, I held on to religion longer than Damon did. And yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I didn't know it. That's what was funny is this was not something we discussed very often. Yeah. As much as we talk about how often we communicate with each other, that's yeah. the one thing... Uh, well, I think it's on my part. You were very open about all mm-hmm. your experiences because you tried a lot of different things. I, I, did. I was I was part of it. You know, I encouraged you to explore all those things. Yeah, you never stopped me from I it. I never stopped you. I, you know, you said, hey, I want to check out more of this. So we would get books and you would go to, you know, rituals and festivals and whatever for yeah. paganism, Satanism, uh, a couple of other things. Wicca. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all all of those things. And I encouraged it all. I looked into Buddhism, Taoism. Yeah, right, a all lot of, of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and, and all the while I was kind of formulating my own beliefs and I wasn't I guess I, in my head it wasn't that I was trying to keep them from you as much as I didn't want to influence your journey right by you know by telling you where I was at because for me I felt like I had a handle on where I was going I knew where I was going I just needed to work myself to that point right. where I would go because I mean I was raised full Catholic very much so I was an altar boy I was I was deep deeply dyed in the wool as they say <laughs> and uh, I mean I went from that to a full-on atheist but not in one jump it took it took a while, you know, I had to go from, from that to kind of, uh, like the intelligent designer view, you know, where I, I felt like, you know, the, the clockmaker, the, you know, a clockwork, uh, universe sort of thing that had somebody behind it who put it all together. And then from that to the universe can function on its own just fine without needing a maker, you know, and right. that's, that's the kind of the, the, the moves I had to make to get to work, not had to, but. I know for myself to reconcile it because at the end of the day, I'm a person of science and facts and religion just doesn't reconcile well with that. So one or the other had to be reconciled in my head to make that work. Right. And, and for me, it was, I I tell you, it was always, it was always that weird kind of longing. Like I would, I would, I would attend Sunday school and church and, I would want what it seemed like other people had, like the people who would like have their eyes closed and be swaying and their hands up in the air and all that and like come come down the aisle at the end of church. Like I never had the guts to go down the end of the aisle. I, think I felt foolish because yeah. I didn't feel it. I right. didn't feel what these people were feeling. And so I, always, I kept looking for that. And so then it led me to, okay, maybe not Christianity. Maybe I'll look at the other sex and then... And so I started looking at Judaism and I started looking at Catholicism, even though it was essentially Christianity. And then I started looking at, um, and then I went, uh, I didn't go completely opposite. I, I didn't hit Satanism until the very end. <laughs> I hit, um, let's see, I went Buddhism, Taoism, Wicca, witchcraft. I started looking at black magic. Black magic took me to um, a 
a documentary on Satanism, which then took me to the tenets of Satanism and then realized that I follow almost all the tenets of Satanism. If you've never looked at it, please go look at it. It's You'll be surprised. Um, there's a few things I don't agree with. And then, and you know what? And then that was kind of it. That was that point where I go, well, the, even this, there's just things I don't even agree with. Like, it's still, it's a little too harsh. Like, the, like, follow your past stuff, yeah, I can agree with. But some of it's a little too, like, because yeah. I'm an empathetic person. So I was like, you know, and it's all a hassle. And then to me, that's when it all hit me. I was like, it's all a hassle. I don't believe in any of it. I, I do it because it's this, it's this imagined, for me, it was like this imaginary, um, uh, Safety net? Yeah, thank you. Safety net. Hey, Damon's washing my hand. Yeah, motions. she's forming a safety net, but can't find the word for yeah, it. Yeah, safety net. There was this, it, it was a safety net, and it was just a safety net I was looking for, and it was not in any of these things. And then I finally was like, oh, there is no safety net. That's oh. right. Oh. Yeah. So it took me a much longer, circuitous route to get to that same thing and then i had to go through a long depression about it right because then you're like oh, oh no there's, there's no, no safety, safety net, net. <laughs> then you have to go through that depression and then um and then once it was clear of that and i was like oh okay well then i guess it's all up to me that's then, right and then i can be as kind or as, as evil as i want to and that's also up to me and i've always been a very empathetic person anyway so yeah i just didn't change who i was i just changed the title i guess yeah i think well yeah it's 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 the beliefs backing why you do what you do right and you can say well i do this thing because i believe in x y or z or you can say well i do these things because that's what feels right to me right and i think most people actually do x y and z because that's what feels right to them and then they justify it with religion right when they don't really have to um so. yeah but we never really we never really discussed religion. Getting back to this, the point is, yeah. is that you and I never really discussed religion, but we never hindered each other from exploring whatever needed to be explored. And when the other person was like, I'm done with this, we were like, okay. okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was never a thing. In fact, you, sw you said, you know, you can, you can keep going to the Catholic church and going to mass every Sunday Absolutely, if you want, yeah. you know, just don't force me to go with you. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's fair. You know, I, I respected her beliefs. She respected mine. And I think, and maybe that's what it is, is that no matter how we change in our religious beliefs, we always respected whatever the other person believed at the time or didn't believe at the time and yeah. never hassled each other over it. So it's not, I guess some couples for that, that religion is so important that the other person has to be in lockstep with them, which is weird, weird to me. Yeah. Why would that be, why would that be necessary? But. I don't know. I mean, that that might have been where other other couples fail that we don't because we don't. That's not a lynch. That's not the linchpin of this relationship, right? You know, and I guess maybe I pick that up. You know, I guess both of us really, if you look at the relationships around us, like my one of the more strong relationships in my childhood was was my grandparents. Right. My grandmother Hazel went to church every Sunday, and I think she went almost every Wednesday night. And my uncle was also a deacon at that church, yeah. so. You know, church was a big deal, but my grandfather, whom whom I was just as highly attached to as my grandmother, um, he didn't go to church at all. Right. And then 
finally one Sunday I was like, and he never made me go. Right. He was one of the first people in my life who was like, no, you don't have to go if you don't want to. And I'm like, like, really? Really? And I was (laughs) very, yeah. And I was like, really? I don't. And he's like, I don't go. And I was like, why don't you go? And he said, me and God are good with each other. Uh And now that I'm older and I look back at it. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what his belief system really was. Or if he even had one. Or if he even had one. Yeah. But him and Granny were okay with that. Right. He knew she was going to get up and go to church every Sunday, and she was going to go to church every Wednesday, and he was not. Yeah. And, and, that she, was, and, and she accepted that, and too. And she accepted that, too. Yeah. And so I guess... And then, of course, your dad was Catholic, and your mom was uh, Lutheran. Lutheran, which they're very similar. They didn't are similar. You, but didn't you say your mom went to church with you guys anyway? Yeah, she yeah, went to so. church with us anyway for the you know, for the kids, you know. Yeah. But uh, and every now and then when we would go visit uh, my grandparents, her parents, uh, we would go to Lutheran services too. But in the Catholic Church, that doesn't count. You can go to another church; they don't forbid you from going to one, but it doesn't count as having gone to a church service. You have to go to a Catholic mass. mass. So to, you'd have to do both. You have to do both. Oh, so we wow. would go to church twice. You know, yeah, seriously. In the yeah. same Sunday morning, we would find a Catholic service earlier and then go to a Lutheran service later. Yeah. Uh, that's horrific. Ah, uh, you know, uh. that's what we did. So, yeah, the funny thing about my mom though is that uh, on her deathbed. Uh, <laughs> You know, my dad was uh, close friends with our our priest at the Catholic Church, and he came in to see her and he said, "Hey, you know, I know you're not raised Catholic, but I'm happy if you want to do kind of kind of like a last minute conversion. I can give you last rites." And she's like, "Why would I do that? That makes no sense at all." Wait, what? I'm just just in case if you want. Yeah, I'm just gonna change my beliefs at the last second, and that somehow counts. Is that how God works? Is that you can just change those? Just kidding. You know. I'm Catholic. <laughs> yeah. As long as those are your very last words, you're good. How silly is that? that yeah, because you know, yes, it's this um, uh, you know, all-powerful being that you can trick at the last minute. Good. Oh, that's 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 yeah. comforting to know. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. So as far as uh, as far as I guess, like, I guess we should call this episode compatibility. Yeah, or something similar to that. It's yeah. like, yes, uh, you know, the the question of how did we how did we survive as high school sweethearts when there are so many people so eager to tell you how it doesn't work? Yeah. I mean, we even had uh we had adults who told us that our relationship was not going to work. Yeah. That um I had one adult tell me that I was too dumb for you. Oh. And that I was going to bring you down. Yeah, totally. That's exactly what happened. <sighs> yeah. Um you know, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a really strange situation. I don't know how we've survived some of the things we have survived. Um, um, you know, something, it'll probably be its own episode, but we can touch on it here. Uh, dealing with mental illness. Yeah. Um, that could have been a deal breaker. That could be a deal breaker. That has been deal breakers. We've had yeah. family members who've had marriages who's who've broken up over mental illness. Yeah. And um, other types of like, um, I'm not going to say that. Well, you know, other types of diseases like alcoholism that's brought on by mental illness and that sort of thing. Yeah. Those are all, you know, they all connect. So they, they do. But the mental illness one could be a pretty powerful one because if you're as a spouse not prepared to deal with the other person's uh erratic mood swings and outbursts and that sort of thing you know yeah it's and it's not something that i guess 
it's not something that you can reasonably expect everyone to just be able to handle right out of the gate. I right. mean, you have to be mentally prepared for that. Or if it surprises you the first time, then you have to learn how to be prepared for it from then on after. Right. And, I mean, you figure as adults, you figure if two adults meet each other on Tinder, after they have coffee a couple times, one of them can look at the other one and go, okay, I have to tell you something. I am a diagnosed bipolar or whatever. Yeah. And they can put it out there. And then the other person has the ability to go, okay, I can't handle that. Yeah. Or... Okay, I I I know you know, I know how to handle it, or I want to try to learn. Yeah. Um, for you and me, it was a case of uh, it it was there, but we didn't. I didn't recognize it for what it was, and you didn't recognize it for what right. it was because neither of us, nobody in nobody in my family had ever recognized any type of mental illness in anybody else and had it treated. Right. It was just a personality. It's like, Oh, that's how they were. That's how they are. Yeah. You know, um, also I took a really severe brain injury when I was 18 that basically they patched me up and sent me home. There was no aftercare for it. So years later, I'm still dealing with memory issues and things like that. And I'm sure that has a, I'm sure that has a a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a, touch to it like a part of it so you know add all these things together and then um add plus time Mm -hmm. and you've had to learn to deal with like you said erratic mood swings uh temper Mm -hmm. um you know um it's funny though just thinking about those sort of things it's always about myself though it's always about kind of how I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I just, I feel like it, for some reason, those like mood swings and stuff didn't affect our relationship. And I don't know why. Yeah. Well, I always looked at it as something that I wanted to help you work through. And maybe right. that's, I, I guess I feel like that's the right attitude to take. It's like, this is not, this is not a thing where, um, you know, you're ha- you're struggling and I have to go, Oh, I can't handle it. You know, whatever. It's, uh, more like, no, I love you. And I want to, help you get better or at least help you manage it, whatever right. that means. And <laughs> or so, get past it and, and find get, happiness on the other side or whatever. Right, right. whatever that is. And yeah. so, you know, uh, there's no guarantees, of course, you know, through yeah. this, that sort of stuff. And still we started treating it the correct way recently. It was just kind of a day-by-day thing, you know, right. and where you'd go for weeks or even months in severe depressions. You couldn't hold a job. You couldn't get out of bed. And we would just ha- life would just have to go on. And, right. and so... I just, I wanted to try to see, you know, okay, what can we do? You know, what, what can we do to, to get you better? What can we do to help you out? And that's, that's my attitude that I take. Cause that's, I don't know. Right. I just, that's, that's, that's how I feel. And so I think that's, that's what makes it last for us is because, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, what, I don't know what sets that different from other couples. Maybe just, maybe other people come with their own baggage and they can only handle their own and not other people's baggage. Right. And that maybe that, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just lucky that I don't have those problems. Therefore, I have the capacity to take on yours. That's a good possibility. That's yeah. a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to look at I, it. I, yeah. That's a possibility. I mean, I mean, you came with your own set of issues. I mean, right, but not 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 like, like mine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because we've always known I've had to deal with addiction issues because we've always had to deal with uh, food addiction and yeah. smoking. Yes, and I got smoking under control about ten years ago, and I got uh, between eight and ten years ago, and then I got to f- the. F- I've just really starting to feel like I've gotten the food addiction issues seriously <laughs> under control in the past three years. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, it's a, those are, and those are considered mental issues as well. Right. So this is just, you've always known these things. Yeah. It's another, it's another piece in the puzzle. So anyway. So, yeah. So we've been able to survive those types of things, uh, without any problem. You know, we've already had an episode completely devoted to jealousy. We've worked that out. So that's not an issue. So, yeah, as far as, you know, how did we survive being high school sweethearts, I guess it's just a matter of us wanting to be together and wanting to uh, wanting to love and be with and help the other person no matter what they were going through at the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that's not enough for some people. I don't know if they don't bring enough to the table as far as that's concerned or, or again, if, if, if it's a... Because there's too much else going on in their lives, you know. If yeah. if if I was a person who had who was myself struggling in life, and then I had to work through your struggles as well, that could be a lot. Yeah, yeah I could yeah, see that. That could very well be it. I mean, I think too. I I I, I wonder about bringing some of these things up without discussing it with you first, but I guess we can edit it. But. Yeah. Well, take, for instance, when your mom died. Your mom died when you were 16 years old. Correct. Now, this is this was an interesting story because, and we laugh about it now, <laughs> because um, a lot of weird, th- a lot of things happened at that point. That's right. Now, up until that point, I had no idea that Damon's mom had cancer up until the spring before she died in the summer, I believe. That's about am right. I right. Yeah. Am I right? No, we weren't no. quite out of school yet. So okay. she died in the spring. So yeah. pretty soon after you and I went to the, That's the right, freshman, had, sophomore dance. It, right. That's right. So that was early early because year. yeah because what happened was is you and i went to the freshman sophomore dance which was 10th grade yeah okay so that means that you came and picked me up we took pictures at my house then we went to your house right and that it was when you showed me into your mother's bedroom yep. and she was in a very very dark room and mm-hmm. i remember she had on uh, a little thing over her eyes and she barely could lift it up and she lifted it and she goes, Oh my gosh, you guys are so cute. And she told me I was beautiful and she said you were handsome and then she put it back down and then we got some pictures. Right. And, um, and then when we left, like, I think I turned on you in the car and was like, you didn't even tell me your mother was sick. Oh my God. Like yeah. I, you, you didn't prepare me for that at yeah, all. I know. I feel, I do feel bad about it. But <laughs> I was like, oh. it was very awkward. I, yeah. I didn't know how to approach that sort of thing. Cause you don't want to just, you know, show up and say, Hey, my mom's got cancer. Have sympathy for me. Yeah. You know? Right. It's just, it's one of those things you don't know how to, how to broach. So right. I just didn't, I, I was so shy anyway. That was even worse. Yeah. And we're all high school students so none of us yeah. think to go so how's your parents you know things like that yeah, so yeah. you know things like that so then um it was that yeah because i was sitting in english class and i'll remember this till the day i die i was sitting in english class and that's the english class you got in trouble in uh-huh. um and uh, Sam came in and said, hey, April, and pulled me out of class and told me in the hallway that your mom had died and how she knew. I don't know. She must have been in the office when the word came in. because yeah, you probably. Were, because we were all in English class and we were like, where's Damon? Because yeah. Damon never misses a day. <laughs> never like, missed a day. Yeah. Perfect attendance. So, four years. Yeah. And except so, for that one day. Except for that one day. And so I went home that day and I told my mom and my mom was like, oh, my God. 
somebody has died in the South. When somebody has died, do you take food? Yeah. And I told mom, now this is funny. You're going to laugh at this. I said, they're Catholic. What do they do when people die? And my mom was like, I don't know. (laughs) And I was like, do we take food? And she was like, let's take a fruit basket. That way it's not cooked. Yeah. But it's still food. Mm-hmm. Th- this was a serious discussion. Sure. Like we had a long discussion about They're this. Aliens? What do they want? What do the Catholics do with their dead? <laughs> oh my God! Like we didn't know if you all were cooking her in the basement and like yeah. getting her skin off her bones and stuff. And yeah. I'm kidding. Anyway, so me and Mom go to the grocery store. We get a nice fruit basket and we come to your house. So my mom says, "I'll stay in the car because my mom didn't know you. She didn't right. know your dad." Um, she just dropped me off at the movies with you every right. once in a while. So mom says, I'll stay in the car. You take the fruit basket, give your condolences for uh, all of us and find out when the funeral's going to be. And she goes, and I'll take you to the funeral. And mm-hmm. I said, okay. So mom said, take your time. She said, I'll just sit out here. I don't know what she was doing in the car. So I go and I knock on the door or I ring the doorbell holding this basket and this little German woman answers the door and she says, Yes. And I was like, hi, uh, is Damon here? I'm, I'm here to see Damon. And she goes, his mother died. And she slammed the door in my face. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Guess I don't take fruit baskets. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a very unfortunate <laughs> thing to run into my grandmother. And I was like, huh. So I was like six, 15, yeah. 16. So I walked back to the car and I go, uh, some little German woman just slammed a door in my face and told me that Damon's mom just died and won't talk to me. And she goes, oh, they must want an adult. So mom got out of the car and she rang the doorbell and then your dad answered. Right. And your dad answered the door and he's like, he was really gracious to yeah. mom and me and he called us in and I came downstairs to see you. You were, right. you were hiding out in your room somewhere. Yeah, but I had nothing to do with that. I did not tell anybody to send people away that that was not... I had I wasn't doing anything like that. I hadn't even thought about it. So yeah, it was it was, that was so my funny. grandmother being gatekeeper when no one yeah. asked her to be a gatekeeper. Yeah, it was just so that was my first that was my very first encounter with your grandmother. Right, it was yeah. on the day her daughter died. Uh-huh. I'm sure yeah. she she formed her impression of you oh, from that day Lord. and didn't let go of it till the day she died. You know what I think about it? I bet me and mom smelled like like cigarettes. Oh God, we had to smell horrible. Yeah. We were sitting in that little car. Yeah. Just mom smoked all. Oh, the I'm time. sure she's probably. <laughs> oh, I'm sure grandmother was horrified. Uh, so, yes. So there's that. And, you know, I, our pain, I, I don't know. So we kind of went through all these experiences together. And I don't know. It, it, that's like the one horrific thing. And the reason I brought that up is because um, you said I was the only friend that visited you that day. It's true. You were. So, so that is a possible reason. For the connection, like, I mean, those things do hold weight. I mean, whether consciously or unconsciously. Yeah, you felt compelled to show up, you know. Yeah, well, uh, I cared about you. Well, see. So, there you go. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh... I see. I, I I like the way you described it at the beginning. Is we've had a very organic relationship. Yeah. It's we've grown into it naturally, and you know, as long as we have continued and do keep continuing to care about each other, no matter what kind of changes happen, there's no reason for it to end. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, and yeah, so we've encouraged each other's hobbies. Yeah. We've encouraged each other's fetishes. Yeah. Everything. Everything. So, so why? 
Why not? Yeah, Why I mean, and, and that that probably, you know, I guess we're just, I'm, I'm open. I mean, honestly, I'm open-minded to anything. I've joked about it before, but like I've said, if I wa- ever walk through the door with like a bag of, with a handful of uh, black trash bags and duct tape, and I'm like, Damon, I need your help. You'd be like, okay, what are we doing? Yeah, tell me the plan. Tell me the plan. Yeah. Who's Who did you murder and why? Where where are we burying them? Yeah, that's right. And but, do we need to chop them up? Because yeah. I know you're kind of squeamish. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I'm also practical, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, we gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah, and then later I would get the "What the fuck, April?" Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would come. Don't think that wouldn't come. Yeah. But yeah. But it's very important, you know, to have a partner in crime. You yes. know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be married to somebody, you yeah, know. to be the same douchebag. That's that's what we've kind of joked about since we started discussing creating this podcast. Yeah. Is that we're the same douchebag. Right. We figured out that for some reason. Um, for whatever reason, uh, through you going through college and us being together, together through high school and college, and then into our young adult lives, we've just developed our personalities together and they've, they've kind of just ran parallel to one another. Yeah. We handle things differently. Sure. But we always come out at the same result. Yeah. So it's just that we go different routes. Your dad calls us a symbiotic relationship. That's fair. I I think that's fair. But it, but yeah, and symbiotic in the way that yeah, we do approach things differently. But like you say, at the end, we have the same goal in mind. Yeah. You know what? And I know a perfect story to end this on. Why don't you tell the story of us going to Hallow Scream with Phil and leaving the tickets? And him thinking we had left the tickets behind. Do you know the story I'm referring oh, to? Oh, right, right. Yes. Okay. So uh, uh, we went to we went to a uh, Halloween uh, thing event basically at Bush Gardens when we were living in Tampa, Florida, and uh, we went with some friends from the uh, uh, from the podcast uh, April was doing there, the Freaking Bitches Show. So uh, one of them, one of the people there was uh, his name was Phil, and. Uh, we were walking from our car in the parking lot to the entrance, which was quite a bit of ways. And we were almost to the entrance. We were almost to the entrance. And I said, hey, babe, did you? And she says, I've got the tickets right here. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Or, or did you just say yes? No, I just said yes, they're in my purse. Yes, they're in my purse. So we didn't even say, okay, so the, so I'll, I'll start that over again. Sorry. I said, hey, babe, did you? And she said, yes, they're in my purse. So we didn't say what it was. Yes. Yeah. What had been done with it. But we were able to finish the sentences like right. that. Yeah, and Phil, and Phil, he he threw both arms out and like, he Wait stopped a bo- both of us, and he goes, "Stop!" And we both said, "What?" Because we didn't understand what what the problem yeah. was. And he goes, "You just said, hey, babe, did you?" And you go, "Yeah." And he goes, "In April, you just said, yes, they're in my purse." And I said, "Yeah." And he he stood there for a second, and he goes. Okay, Damon, what's in her purse? And he goes, uh, the tickets to get into the park. Yeah. And he says, April, what's in your purse? And I reached in and I pulled out and I was like, the tickets to get into the park. And he goes, how the fuck did y'all have that conversation? And I was like. That's how our brains work. That's how we work. That's how well we work together. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's always been that way. It's always been that way with um, dealing with... um, it's always been that way dealing with emergencies. Yeah, for sure. Emergencies are when we work our best, actually. Yeah. In a scary way, but in yeah. In a scary way, but it's weird. In emergencies, if one, it seems like if one of us and one of us 
inevitably does go off the deep end right the other one becomes this cool calm collected like um here's what we gotta do fixer here's what we gotta do okay and can not only fix the problem but wrangle the other person too yeah I don't know. It's actually pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing, and we've seen it in action in both directions. Yeah. So um, I will have to think about maybe we can have like an emergency episode where we discuss emergencies and uh, how we handled them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's always been that way. We've always been really good. So it's like I said, it's organic. It's very fluid. I don't understand it either. I think that's why we're doing this podcast. It almost seems braggadocious. Um, I'm starting to wonder if this episode is just. <laughs> Motherfuckers. You've been listening to Marriage Survival Boot Camp on You Gonna Meow Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now drop and give me 20.